Hello, everybody. My name is Maria Blackhoot, and I'm a 54-year-old female bodybuilder. I focus on people over 40, and my mission in life is to help people over 40 be strong, confident, and sexy. And you're listening to Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 125, entitled Criticism, Life is Too Short. Now, most of us can literally take that saying in a very figurative manner and say life is too short. But when you combine that life is too short with having to deal with criticism that goes on, whether it be constructive or destructive type of criticism that deters you from your goals in life, well, life really is too short. And so one of the things that I'm going to open up with today is basically a quote that I found, and it basically goes like this. It says, if we remember every day, that we could lose someone at any moment. We would love them more fiercely and more freely without fear, not because there's nothing to lose, because there's everything that can always be lost. Now, I'm taking that quote from a standpoint of putting us into kind of a metaphorical mindset of thinking that We don't have to lose a person. We can lose our motivation. We can lose our thoughts. We can lose our perception, our drive, our passion towards life. And so that quote really resonates in the context of what we're going to talk about today with our featured guests. And I'm going to tell you guys right out of the gate about our featured guest. She is one bad ass. That's all I have to say before I read off what I have to tell everybody. She is one bad ass. Today, our feature guest is a 54-year-old bodybuilder, personal trainer, and fitness influencer. She has worked for the past 20 years on the floor of moving her coaching business online. She has worked with all ages of people She is focused on specifically nowadays people over the age of 40, inspiring them to be strong, healthy, and confident. She teaches weight training, boxing, as well as proper nutrition for a healthy, strong body. Her mother was a female exercise coach in Bolivia in the 1970s. She gave John, excuse me, Jane Fonda style classes. Her class or classes soon became incredibly famous as she expanded her business with the franchises all over South America. Her mom was one of her fitness instructors at the age of 16, 
And in the early 80s, her mom suffered from an aneurysm which left her handicapped for the rest of her life. After her mom's illness, our featured guest went into a very dark stage of her life. A male friend offered to take her weightlifting basically to the gym to help cheer her up. And eventually she found out that she loved the nature, or excuse me, she loved the aspect of of lifting weights and working out. She became a lifter. And at the time and place where her mom did not step into what we call the Iron Gym at all, Bolivia was still a very male-dominating environment in the mid-80s. She was the only woman in her gym for decades. And think about that. The only woman in the gym for decades. Think about what we're getting ready to talk about. Criticism and how life is too short. She got cruel criticism for pursuing her passion, which we're going to dive into a little bit later. 30 years later, she is now highly re-owned coach and athlete with an outstanding physique and middle determination to never give up. She's also a mom of three beautiful kids, and currently she's a Texonian. She lives right here in the Houston area. Now, how we came across our featured guests was through an IG post, through her TikTok posts, where I'll have to say she was a badass because she was laying the gauntlet down to the Gen X and Gen Y individuals that were giving her a hard time. And without further ado, Maria, do you have any opening remarks? Hello, Gregory. Wow, that was an awesome introduction. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm going to have to pull that badassery out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, we are are delighted to have you. I I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, that I want to say is being 54 years old, you know, I, I know outright that you're never supposed to ask, ask a lady, you know, their age, but at the end of the day, there is no, no quorums with the fact that I can say that even though you are 54, you can still kick the butt of any 20 or 30 year old that I've ever seen, because man, you are, you're in great shape. And, uh, for those that uh, eventually will want to follow you when we give them that information at the end of this podcast, I mean, certainly, certainly uh, a lot of accolades go out to all the great work that you've done. So we're delighted to have you on board. Thank you. And I'm delighted to be on board too. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a great honor. And hopefully I will be able to inspire your audience to stay fit and more than anything, strong for life. Because I am all about physical strength. That is the reason I have done everything I am today, because I believe in strong. So much so that my whole, my name, my acronym is Strong Maria Strong. Because I believe in people being strong. If you are strong, everything comes together. You have to be strong mentally, physically. Mm -hmm. And that is where everything comes together. And I, of course, began being strong physically, but it 
absolutely translated into being strong mentally. So hopefully I can inspire everybody for strength in their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for those opening uh, remarks. We certainly appreciate it. So let's, uh, let's cut to the chase. Let's dive in, you know, uh, as I stated earlier, you know, you're, you, you are born and raised, uh, there in Bolivia where your mom operated, um, you know, a, a franchising business, uh, focused in on, you know, kind of Jane Fonda style classes. So at the time that your mom was a fitness instructor, did you ever consider before your mom's, uh, illness that you would go into bodybuilding? In other words, were you attracted to fitness at the time? Were you, did you have like athlete, athletic abilities back then? Zero athletic abilities. In fact, everybody thought that maybe I had a left foot because um, my body is built for strength. Not so much like if you put me on a basketball court, I'm hopeless. Like I just can't even catch the ball. So mm -hmm. everybody thought that maybe I didn't have athletic abilities. And what I did is I taught my mom's lessons, which were Jane Fonda classes. And I did very well doing that because I'm extroverted. I love people. The ladies liked me. But I had never even thought of bodybuilding because at that time, like you uh, read in the introduction, women didn't lift iron at mm -hmm. all. In fact, mm -hmm. it was just for men. Um, but it's not until my mom got sick and we had to close down her gyms that I actually began trying to see if I would pick up another sport. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know this is, uh, you know, a, a tough subject to talk about, but when your mom suffered her aneurysm and left her handicap, um, you know, the, the understanding that I received in reading your bio was the fact that you and your mom were very, very close. I mean, you know, there is a mother daughterly love, but you guys were really connected in such a way that this left you in such a, a dark stage in your life. And, you know, I want to know a little bit more about that dark stage in your life. How old were you and what type of things were you dealing with or what left you feeling so uh, out of out of mind, out of body experience that you couldn't cope and be able to move forward? Well, my mom got sick exactly on my 19th birthday. So I mm. was very young. She was an incredibly fit, incredibly badass, beautiful woman. And nobody would have ever imagined her all of a sudden having an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. And so, like you say, life is way too short. You just never know. And life gave, handed her this. What can we do? He handed her with a very bad aneurysm, um, which left her in a coma for a month. So that month was was very hard for all of us. Mm -hmm. But then um, she has uh, aphasia, which is when you know what you want to say, but you can't say it. So it's very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And half her body was paralyzed. So my mom, as I knew her, was a completely different person. I don't know how much you know about aneurysms or strokes, but it also affected her personality. So my mother went from being my mom to being a, like a three-year-old child. And to this day, she's She's uh, very, very childish. She, she is almost like an eight, nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. So I lost my mom. Like mm -hmm. literally a lot of people said, oh, you're so lucky to have my mom. But in a way at that time, I thought, no, actually, I, I actually lost my mom as, 
as I knew her. She was no longer my mom. She was this kid, which I had to take care of. So it was hard because I was young. I'm her only daughter. I have one brother, only daughter. And of course, we taught her lessons together. We, we were in her gym together. We were um, colleagues. And so all of a sudden, my world collapsed. And I went into a very dark spot where I lost hope. I didn't know what my direction was. I lost hope in life. I lost hope in God. I lost hope in me. I lost hope in everything because I was like, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my mom who was healthy, who was fit, who was strong, who was everything anybody could possibly want? Why did this happen to her? She didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She exercised. She was happy. Why did this happen to her? Why did this happen to me? And obviously life teaches us that Life isn't always fair and we have to deal with the punches. But as a young person, that is what I was going through. And I obviously stopped. We, we closed down her gyms, which was very hard because I was a big part of her gyms. And um, yeah, I, I was dragging around for probably a year, two years, kind of lost. I was going through my university to the best of my ability. And then a friend of mine said you know what, um, why don't we go to the gym? There's, it's mainly men, but you might like it. Right. And it took him a while to convince me, but I went. And something about the gym that I just, I just loved. I loved the atmosphere. There wasn't a single woman there. It was just me. But I liked the feeling of lifting weights. I wasn't mm -hmm. very good at it. I had no idea. The gym was smelly. It was dark. It was, it, it was not what gyms are today. But I began doing it and I kind of liked it. I it just, I felt cool, you know, mm -hmm, I, just, mm -hmm. I just felt kind of cool and badass doing it. And I like the feeling of feeling badass. Mm -hmm. And so I continued and quite quickly, believe it or not, I began seeing a little bit of muscle. I had never seen muscle on my body. When you begin seeing muscle on your body, it's quite outstanding. Like I had always had normal legs, but all of a sudden, oh my gosh, <laughs> a little bit of muscle on my legs, a little bit of shoulders, a little bit of abs. And it was just so amazing. But even more amazing was how I began building strength mm -hmm. because strength is actually a practice. It is muscle, but it's also a practice. You practice being strong and it's a mental practice. So one thing built onto the other, I was getting stronger. I was seeing a little bit of muscle, I was feeling better, and I was feeling a little badass. So it all worked in my favor. It, everything pushed me up because, you know, to feel a little badass when you're, when you're down is a nice dose of medicine. Absolutely. And, yeah. And um, you know what? And bless the guys at the gym. Like nobody bothered me or hit on me or discouraged me. Everybody saw that I was a very hardworking woman. Um, eventually they got to know me and they knew that who my mom was and what I went through and they helped me like bless them. When I see somebody beginning at the gym, Gregory, mm -hmm. I help that person because those guys at the gym did not bother me. They respected me, even if I was the only woman at the gym and I was young, right? I was like 21. Mm -hmm. um, they helped me. They helped me lift the weights. They encouraged me. But as time went on, people began finding out that I was going to the gym, especially women, my family, and the criticism mm -hmm. began. 
Why are you going to the gym? What is your purpose? You want to pick up somebody? Oh my gosh, you're going in shorts. Um, you're going to get too big. You're going to get too this. You're going to get too that. And the more I progressed, right, the nastier the comments got. And they got really nasty, like really nasty. You have no idea the things people said to me, not inside the gym, but outside. Right. Everything from, you know, what am I looking for in a male gym to... I don't know, I'm gay. There's nothing wrong with that. But at that time, that's, you know, that was like a something that you just did not call somebody. Um, sure. To, to, and, and there was nothing wrong. Had I been gay, that's perfectly fine. But, but they said it in a very mean way. Um, I was weird. I was a strange person. I was trying to pick up people. When I got a little bit of muscle, my legs were too big. What on earth do you have on your stomach? That's a six pack, right? Sure. <laughs> Nobody sure. had seen a woman with six pack before. Right, right. And it got worse and worse. It, it really, really, really got bad. Um, people b- began saying that I was maybe taking something to enhancers, which I wasn't. I never was. I'm a very small woman, by the way. I weigh 125 pounds today. Maybe at that time I weighed 120. I'm tiny. So um, I never, ever took anything. <laughs> I, I would be a lot bigger had I ever taken anything. Um. And yeah, and, and one day I went to a party and I put on a, a, a girl's party. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our friends was getting married and I put on a very pretty dress and I felt really pretty. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I walked into the party and sat down, I saw the women looking at me and one of them approached me and she said, we're all talking about you. And you know what? I, I got to tell you the truth, Maria. Your legs are just too big. I mean, it doesn't even look nice anymore. <laughs> mm. Wow. And, <laughs> wow. My legs were muscular. My leg, I, and I have muscular legs. I have very strong legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was just around that time that I was thinking of competing. I was lining, my coach was lining up me up to go to um, the South Americans. Mm -hmm. So I was looking very strong. I was looking very strong, very, very fit. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm fit right now at 54, imagine a 25-year-old me. I was very strong. I was a very strong uh, woman. Mm -hmm. And so after that party, I just began thinking, you know, maybe I am weird. Maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe, you know, I I really actually do look horrible in a dress. And maybe I shouldn't pursue this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to my embarrassment, to my great embarrassment, I didn't, I didn't compete. I decided not to. I decided that maybe my friends were right and I was just, you know, uh, getting out of my funk and that I shouldn't compete. And I didn't. And of course, um, my coach was very disappointed in me. He just didn't understand why I had decided to make this decision. And you know what the sad thing is? That I was training at that time with a lady from Colombia who had arrived. Mm-hmm. So maybe I had been training at the gym for about five or six years. I must have been 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. And our lady arrived from Colombia and she was a bodybuilder. And she trained. She began training with me for some time. Mm-hmm. And she went to the competition I wanted to go to. And she won. 
Wow. And I was so happy for her. Mm-hmm. But it just hurt me even more because I thought maybe, maybe it could have been me and I missed this opportunity. So in hindsight, I mean, what can I tell you? I, I let myself be influenced by what people said, but why people thought of me, what the image I was giving to other people. I actually let that influence me and I let that change the course of my career. Because after that, I began having kids. I had three kids in a row, and it was just impossible to compete again. It just, it, the opportunity did not knock on my door again, Gregory. And I let right. that go because, because I gave in to criticism. Yeah. So that That's was a, a painful one for me. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine that. Uh, I can feel, you know, the emotional uh, disturbance that you still have with a decision that has impacted the trajectory of your life for a good part of, what, 25 plus some odd years now, because if you're at the age of 25 and 26, you're 54 right now. So so that that is something that uh, you can never rewind the past and, and, and take that decision back. You can only try to move forward and understand the basis of hopefully not ever repeating, you know, that type of decision again, which for me, I think you're on the trajectory right now that certainly there has to be competitions out there for your age bracket for being able to compete. Because, uh, I mean, certainly you are, you are in, you know, like you said, you're in, you're in fit shape right now to, uh, to be on the circuit. I mean, I was actually, uh, I was actually pretty shocked when uh, you know went through and looked at some of the the funny skits you were doing on TikTok, which was just <laughs> uh, you know they're just hilarious. I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious. I mean, you're you're very in, in uh, very inspiring. You know, besides being strong, healthy, and confident and fit, but you also have this canning uh, wit about you to really just you know, kind of tell it like it is. I mean, you know, you don't put up with a lot of the BS. And like you said, you enjoy the aspect of of being considered a badass when you have to turn that light switch on. And that's one of the fun facts of uh, what I see when I look at all your content and material that you have out there on social media is the fact that you're not always a badass in every video, but certainly in the ones that you are, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty enjoyable. It's, 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 uh, I won't say it's good entertainment, but it's 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 uh it's fodder for the right time and for the education of 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 the things that you're talking about, and they're always on point. And that's what's so unique about you is that those things are always on point. And so kudos, kudos to you for that. So I wanna I wanna rewind just one second and go back to the fact of, you know, there was a jealousy component. You know, with all of these women coming to you and criticizing and doing all of these things. And then, of course, like you said, you, you're still dealing with the the illness of your mom and the 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 self or excuse me, the home care and everything that you had going on. So I'm sure you were already under a lot of pressure at that moment in time in your life just trying to basically get your life back in order and find something that was providing you with fulfillment. Am I right or wrong in in, in making that assumption? 
Oh, absolutely. When my mom got sick, it was a disaster. I was, yeah, it, it was a very dark, hard time. Um, imagine, you know, your mom getting sick like that. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. mm-hmm. it was not easy to put the pieces back together. Yeah. But getting into fitness pulled me through. I, right. I cannot tell you more. Finding something I loved like that mm-hmm. really pulled me through. It just grabbed me by the neck and it pulled me through because I was doing something that I found that I loved, that I was good at, and mm-hmm. that provided me, it helped me, my body feel strong. And since my body was strong, it helped my mind feel strong. It helped me feel like a badass. It helped me feel you know, that I had control over my life. It it just put everything into place. It's incredible. But I'm not the first person that says this. I know a lot of people who've gotten into some sort of fitness and have said, this has transformed my life. And not necessarily, you know, to an extreme like me, but, you know, I've heard runners say this, golf players, yogis, who Mm -hmm. said, I found yoga and it just transformed my life. I just found that I get into the flow doing this and I I feel empowered and I feel an energy from within. I have heard a lot of people say that about fitness, about different areas of fitness. And here I am, lo and behold, it it transformed my life and my mind. Yeah. Well, you're you're 100% correct in um in that statement, you know. My my story at least at a very young age 16, 17, actually probably well before then is, um, you know, I remember that I tried out for the junior high uh, football team and I would just get clobbered because I was just a skinny kid, you know, maybe uh, 95 pounds soaking wet. And, uh, you know, I kept trying out for all these different sports, you know, it was like tried out for basketball, you know, you get, you get run over by the big kids that were tall or so forth and so on tried football. And of course, you know, I just look like, uh, as, as most people would, would vividly imagine when I describe this, a, uh, a, um, a straw man out in the middle of the hayfield with, with, uh, with football pads on. And of course, then when I found my, my niche, which was, you know, distance, long distance running, you know, I remember to the very day as, as if it was so vivid that, the coach was like, okay, we're going to have everybody try out for the track team and we're going to do so many loops around the track. And, uh, as soon as that gun went off, you know, I just kind of fell into a rhythm and a stride. And then from there, you know, the rest was kind of history. I went on to, to do very well, at least in high school. I didn't like generate any world records or anything like that. But then when I went into the Navy, I participated on the Navy track team. And then from there, I went on to run about 50 marathons in my life between the ages awesome. of about uh, 20, actually between the ages of 19 and about 20, 24, 25, which was uh, quite impressive. And uh, at least now that I'm 50 years of age, you know, I won't say that it's taken toll on my body, but I do feel like uh, I don't know if I could do a 245 marathon ever again at this stage. <laughs> That's hard. That's yeah. very hard. Yeah, that that is that is really hard. But uh but for me it was like, you know, I had to eat leave, eat sleep and live by the mantra of you know, wanting to always, you know, push the boundaries, uh eat well and 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 just be in the mindset of 
what I felt was kind of like freedom. It was just me against the clock, you know, and that was the one thing that always drove my training regiment. You know, when I was in the Navy living in Charleston, South Carolina at the time, a lot of people go, well, Greg, that's just absolutely insane. So my workout routine would start out at about 4.30 in the morning on my way into work. I would cycle into work 13.1 miles. I would literally uh, get onto the boat, change, go run like a 5K or a 10K, either, you know, 3, 3.1 miles or 6.2 miles, come back, get ready for, for duty, do my duty work and uh, go out for lunchtime. Instead of eating, I'd go out for lunchtime. I'd run or either hit the gym, depending on what day it was. In the afternoon, I'll get back on my bike, 13.1 miles back to my house, and then basically run in the afternoon, sleep, and do it all over again for literally six days out of the week. And of course, on Sundays, really wasn't a rest day. It was like an easy day to go out and run, you know, 10, 15 miles, or maybe a 20 mile or with some friends, but at a much slower pace. And like, and like you said, you know, the fact of feeling the strength, feeling healthy, feeling all of the things kind of working in succinct with one another, when your body is healthy, that's like the best feeling in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it really, really is. It really is. Yeah. 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 But taking it so, even a step further, you know, some people ask me, based on what happened to you, what what do you recommend? And I would say, find your flow. It doesn't even, I recommend fitness because it gives you physical strength and it, you take fresh air and it makes your body healthy. But a lot of people also find that flow in so many other ways, like mm-hmm. this art and creating, singing and dancing and doing so many other things, I think in life, mm-hmm. it's important to find your flow mm-hmm. and do it as weird as it may be. Because at my time, being a female lifter was about as weird as it can possibly get. It was really weird. And I continued and look at where I am now, a happy, healthy woman, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to find your flow, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter how weird it is and what other people think but if it makes you happy and it puts you in that state of zen and empowers you oh my gosh it's worth all the money in the world (laughs) i agree with you you have to be unapologetic when it comes to fulfillment of your own life no one else can live that life but you i totally totally agree with you so let's talk about some of the great things you're doing now as far as like uh, your online coaching business and uh, all the great things you're doing, you know, to try and inspire those of us that are over the age of 40. You know, talk to us a little bit about uh, how that's going for you. Okay, well, I'm doing three things. Well, two things and then I have one new project. Okay. So um, I, I'm a coach. I worked on the floor for 20 years. On the floor means that I worked in a gym, on a floor, on the floor, one-on-one. Like I literally was one-to-one with clients for years, 20 years Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. or 22 years. And then in the last five years, I switched to online. So I've been a coach for about five years, maybe three, like really focused. Mm -hmm. So I'm an online coach now. I train people over 40. Why? Because I'm 54 and I, you know, people over 40 resonate with me. 
Right. And I love doing that. I, I have my own app. So my app is Lakut Fitness. Uh, they download their app onto their phone. They just open their phone and they, and I design programs specifically for the person. So the person tells me what injuries they have, if they want to train at home, if they want to train outside, if they want to run, if they have a bicycle, if they want to go to the gym, if they want to train half at home, half in the gym. I, I design a program specifically for that person and their injuries and their needs and what they like. Mm-hmm. Download it onto their phone. And so they just follow my app. And I have videos for every single exercise known to man featuring me. <laughs> so it's <laughs> so it's very <laughs> so it's very easy to follow. <laughs> That's it's too too to touche there. Touche. So so uh, so Maria, you know, with regards to to your app. And uh, let's just say, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation. You know, someone's someone's interested in, you know, working out, but maybe they haven't worked out in a while. And maybe they're, you know, they're they're looking to shed, you know, 15, 20 pounds and maybe add some some tone-ness uh, to their to their physique. Um, you know, how are your programs structured around the fact of the time? You know, do you have six-week programs that you structure? Is it a 12-week or 15-week? I mean, give us a little bit more detail on that. It's a 12-week program at least. So you do have to take my program for 12 weeks because it at least takes 12 weeks for me to absolutely be able to guarantee a significant change. In one month, you're not going to see anything. In two but in three months, you will you will notice a change in your body if you follow what I'm what I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who's just beginning to uh, train, that's perfect. I design a program based on you, based on your needs, based on what you have. Uh, a lot of the people that train with me are beginners. I do have some advanced athletes as well, but I have, my program has the capacity for me to do any program. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the person, depending on what we agree with, some people are very fit and I give them a five day a week killer training program. If you're just beginning, I would give you three days a week, 45 minutes, because I want you to stick to it. What I don't want is to give you something that will overwhelm you and help you, have you feeling sore. And then you just can't keep up and then you give up and then you feel horrible. I want to give you a program where you you can actually do it. And then after a month or two, you think, oh, my gosh, this is the first time ever I've been able to comply to this program. This is so cool. Can I have a little more? And Mm -hmm. then so as a gift, special gift to you, I'm actually giving you an hour of training. And and, and then you feel like it's a bonus instead of, oh, my God, I have to do an hour. Then you think, oh, my God, now I have an hour instead of 45 minutes. That's such a treat. That's awesome. So the person feels encouraged instead of it being like a burden. So I do pile on the the tasks little by little. I want my clients to feel that they can do it. That is the key and that it's sustainable. Once it becomes sustainable, then I say you earned the right to have a little bit more training and I give them a bit more and they feel awesome. They feel, Oh my God, worry. I gave me a bit more training. Now I can do it. I can do it. And they know they can do it. Right. So right. Uh, that's the, that's the way I operate. And of course I teach them nutrition. Now, a lot of coaches mm-hmm. do meal plans for their clients. I don't believe in meal plans. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if I make a meal plan for you, Gregory, after three months, you stop training with me. What What are you going to do? Like, I haven't taught you anything. 
all I've taught you is how to follow, you know, all I've taught you is I haven't taught you how to do life. What are you going to do when you go on holidays? What are you going to do when it's Christmas? What are you going to do when it's your birthday? How on earth are you going to eat? So Mm -hmm. I don't, a lot of people say, I just give me a meal plan. It's the easiest. I'll follow the meal. I just want to lose the weight. I go, no, I'm not giving you meal plans. We're going to do it the hard way. You have to learn how to eat. Right. You're, you're going to have to learn how to eat. And so I teach them how to eat, beginning with what is a calorie? What, what are proteins, carbs, fats? Mm-hmm. What do they mean? What does it mean to have energy? How are you supposed to be feeling? What does a healthy body mean? That is what I teach people. And I teach them how to eat at a healthy amount of calories. No restricting and starving yourself type things. No, because that does not work. Mm-hmm. I teach mm-hmm. them how to eat so their body will be healthy and strong and will lose weight because I know the client usually wants to lose weight, but at a healthy, sustainable pace. So I focus very much on my client's health and the sustainability of their program. That means you are not on a diet for two months that you're going to starve yourself and then throw everything to hell on month three. We are going to do this for a year and two and three and for a lifetime. I want you to learn to live with a healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. that will keep you fit and at a healthy weight through life, not just for the summer. Right. Right. Well, we thank, we thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, my, my other question is, related to does everyone that is affiliated with your app or your program, does it require them to be in the gym or is this something that you kind of mix up a program for them? So in other words, are they, are they always lifting weights or how does, how does that work? It totally depends on the client. I'm a lifter and I believe like, lifting weights is what makes the most difference in your body, without a mm-hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. It is the exercise that most helps you lose weight, believe it mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And it's also the one that changes your body composition the most. So I always encourage my clients to lift weights um, and to do cardio. So I give them 80% weights and 20% cardio, more or less that's my split. But if the client says, I really love cardio, I want to do more because of this and this, then we do whatever you, they want. But I give them my recommendation. I say, what is your goal? If the client says, my goal is to lose weight and build muscle, then I say, I'm sorry, but you can't do too much cardio because if you want to build muscle, we need to focus on you resistance training with bands or with weights or with whatever you want, but we do need to have you doing resistance because otherwise you're not going to build muscle. So if we build a plan together, I tell them, this is what I think. What do you think? Well, I think Mm -hmm. this and this and this. And I say, okay, well, this is what I think. If I give you more cardio, then this is what's going to happen. If I give you less cardio, then this, what do you want to do? And some people want more cardio also because they feel it, it helps them mentally. A lot of people feel that cardio relieves stress and it does. So we go, okay, fine. You want to build muscle, but you also want to do your cardio. So we're going to do this. What do you think? Okay. And then we reach an agreement and we move on from there. And my program is also very flexible. So we can, uh, as time goes on, they might think, you know what, Maria, I'm sick at cardio. Give me a little bit more resistance training. So I give them more resistance training, but I'm very focused on resistance training because that really changes your body composition. Right. It really does. Right. Well, we certainly appreciate you sharing your story, 
all of this wisdom related to having a proper, you know, nutrients and, uh, and, and strength training for, for your body. I mean, to provide a much more healthier life, um, not only for yourself, but for your longevity. And so as we wrap up, you know, I'd like to ask for anyone that's sitting out there on the fence right now, Maria, like you said, you, you have, a you know, a lot of beginning clients. And sometimes when you're dealing with beginning clients or beginners, um, there's that reluctancy, like you said, to stay true, you know, to stay in the, in the grind, you know, because maybe they're anticipating those results a lot sooner, you know, the anticipation. What do you say to those folks? What would you say to those folks that are listening to this program right now that are looking to basically start that trajectory? I would say that the number one mistake that people make when they're beginning the fitness trajectory is they try to take on too much too soon. They make it too painful for themselves. That is why people give up. If you've never exercised and you all of a sudden decide to go to the gym five days a week at 4.30 in the morning for an hour and a half, and you cut your calories by a thousand and you're starving to death, how long do you think you're going to last? Not Maybe long. not long. Right. And you're going to hate it. And then you're going to say, I hate fitness and I hate diets and I can't do this. Of course. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. convince themselves that they can't do it. But it's not that they can't do it. It's that they've tried too much. Right. Too much. The best way to begin your fitness journey is little bites, little bites. So if you've never done any exercise, I've had clients that I've trained three times a week for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I said to them, the deal is that you train with me 30 minutes consistently. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. we're going to bump you up. If you do 30 minutes three times a week, it's a lot. It adds up. Right. It adds up very quickly. And then you can, as you see you're successful, you can do 40 minutes, you can do 45, you can add another day. Don't go too crazy. And the same applies with your diet. I don't know about you, Gregory, but the moment I think, okay, that's it, I'm on a diet, I begin getting hungry and everything looks good. The (laughs) moment. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, the moment, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I won't Does even, that happen? I won't even bring up uh, those letters or words in my house because my wife um, you know when she's on a diet and then you know I'm not on a diet and never will be on a diet because I just feel that you know those things are just like they're like a yo-yo you know you got that string once it's fully extended it comes back and uh, yeah you know, I, I hate seeing those cycles, you know, that continue to come back around and hit you in the back of the head like a boomerang. And so I've always tried to just convey, you have to do what you do in moderation. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of loves with my wife. My wife loves, you know, the bread, she loves the sweets. And, uh, you know, I, I love her dearly, but those are just things that they're, uh, they're kind of uh, detrimental to her, particularly uh, when she decides that, you know, she wants to take some of those things on and have a uh, 
a free day, <laughs> as we call it. And of course, my wife is from Peru, so you know you you're from Bolivia, and you know Peru is one of those places where you know the gastronomic food down there is mm-hmm. one of the you know the best you yeah. know quality of foods, and so people love to eat down there in Peru, and it's uh it's really fascinating you know to to watch her and her sisters you know as they say they're on a diet and you know they all go on a diet then you know, it, it eventually goes away. And then, you know, months down the road, they're back on a diet. And I just kind of, yeah, I just chuckle at it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, but now we're into a routine where we're trying to get out and walk and, uh, you know, maintain that exercise balance along with proper eating habits. And, uh, you know, I think that works best because, you know, at least for me, particularly, you know, now that we're in the midst of COVID and other various things, my exercise is pretty limited, you know, besides my hands on my keyboard. So I've got to get up and move or get on the bike or do something. If not, then just become a, a pretty much a couch potato because I'm sitting all the time. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always intrigued, you know, when I'm talking with people that are really focused in on fitness and the, uh, the understanding and the knowledge and the philosophy behind fitness, because you've hit on so many great points particularly as it relates to diet, you know, and maybe someone else listening to this could could be listening to the same thing and saying, you know, she's right. You know, these roller coaster diets, they don't lead me to the end result that I really want. And so therefore, you know, maybe maybe they reach out to you, you know, for more guidance, more insight, or maybe even become a client. But I just know for a fact, like I said, to me, even when my mom would say, "Hey, I'm going on a diet," it would it would be just like being on a roller coaster ride or or or, yeah. or or a yo-yo. And I'm from the deep south, so you know, fried chicken and all the other you know high cholesterol, high this, high that, you know, <laughs> fats and everything to make the food taste good. You know, people uh, they indulge that stuff. So you know, you have to be very very cautious. Uh, you know, when you, when you take those type of things in and have to, you know, eat those things in moderation. Now for me, you know, with my past running career, uh, that I used to have, I've, I've tried to maintain somewhat moderately, you know, my weight's fluctuated between, I don't know, 165 and 185 has been the heaviest. And I'm probably at about 171 or 172 now, but, uh, you know, you know, I'm six, two, you know, I'm six, one, six, two. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tall guy. And, uh, for me, it's all about trying to get back into running conditional shape or either get back into being able to get on a bike and go for, you know, long rides without being exhausted, (laughs) you know, and, and all of that takes time to get back to that and consistency as you've, as you've alluded to. So, uh, you know, the journey is only beginning, but, uh, certainly, uh, you know, it's a work in progress and, uh, I vowed this year to just stay true to it until, uh, until I'm comfortable getting back out there and being able, I probably will never be able to compete again, but certainly be in a frame of mind to where you have the strength, the energy and the mental stability, you know, to get you through the day. Absolutely. And remember small steps at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with not being able to compete again. I don't really want to anymore. And probably you don't either, but Training a little bit every day, enjoying it is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Enjoying mm-hmm. it, doing a, a little, a little bit where you enjoy it. As soon as it doesn't become something you enjoy and you find that you are having a fun time, then 
that is where sustainability may become an issue where it's, uh, no, this is like, I really have to force myself to do this. I don't like it. And maybe sometimes one has to change the exercise you're doing. Right. And that's why I remain very flexible with people because whatever they do, movement is movement. Yes. And you want people to get, you want people to move. It doesn't matter if they walk, if they lift weights, if they do yoga or if they jump rope. The important thing is that people move because you want to be healthy at the end of the day more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maria, certainly this has been uh, an honor. This has been a joy and a delight for you to share your story and all of the wisdom that uh, you have gone through in becoming a bodybuilder, a personal trainer, as well as a fitness influencer. And we'd like to say we wish you all the best in your endeavors as you continue to move forward, even with all of the new great things that you have coming up. And if someone wants to reach out to you for coaching, personal training, or or any type of uh, fitness insight, how would they go about doing that? Well, people can follow me on my Instagram. It's Strong Maria Strong on Instagram. And on TikTok, I'm Strong Maria. I put out a lot of information on both my TikTok and my Instagram. A lot of tips on healthy living, on fitness, on being a badass. <laughs> Hopefully, I inspire people to not make the same mistakes I made. Um, so I, I think... Um, Please don't follow me to be my clients necessary, but I think I can offer a good dose of inspiration if you uh, take a look at my pages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, we uh, we certainly thank you. And uh, as we wrap up here, I'd like to make mention to everyone, please let's maintain our compassion and empathy towards one another. Let's find a way to come together and unite. And uh, during these difficult times, let's figure out how we can all add value to make this world a better place. This has been episode 125 entitled Criticism. Life is too short. Thank you again, Maria. Take care, everyone. This is your host, Gregory Proctor. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.